If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. I am a Native American tracker. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a skill that's been passed down through my family for generations. I grew up hearing stories of my ancestors tracking down prey in the forests, and the skills I have honed over the years are a testament to their legacy. I was called in to find a group of hunters who had gone missing in the national park. The park was a sprawling wilderness, and the hunters had ventured deep into the woods. I set out early in the morning, following their trail as I navigated through the dense foliage. As I made my way deeper into the forest, I started to notice strange things. The trees seemed to be thicker, and the animals were quiet. It was as if the forest was holding its breath. I shrugged it off as just a trick of the mind and continued on. But then, I came across something that stopped me in my tracks. The hunters had made a campsite, but it had been torn apart. There were scraps of cloth and equipment scattered around, and the ground was stained with blood. It was clear that something had attacked them, but what could it have been? I followed the trail of destruction, hoping to find any clue that could lead me to the hunters. It was then that I heard the first howl. It was a deep, guttural sound that sent shivers down my spine. I tried to tell myself that it was just a wolf, but I knew deep down that it was something more. I continued on, following the trail until I came across a clearing. That's when I saw it, a creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and thin, with antlers that protruded from its head. Its eyes glowed with an unnatural light, and its skin was stretched tight over its bones. I knew immediately what it was, a windigo. It was a creature from our local legends, a being that was said to inhabit the darkest corners of the forest. And here it was, standing before me. I tried to back away slowly, but the windigo moved with lightning speed. It tackled me to the ground and I felt its claws. I struggled to break free, and I managed to do it. In that moment, something strange happened. The Windigo suddenly released me and disappeared into the forest. I lay there, shaken and confused, trying to make sense of what had just happened. In May of 95, myself and two friends were invited to go camping on Moot Hood, just below Timberline Lodge. We had some friends who worked in the ski resort and they camped out in the woods right there at the resort. We had gotten there Friday afternoon. Saturday evening, sitting around the campfire, a strange sound came from the woods directly below us. My friend Ben, knowing we were avid outdoorsmen, asked if we knew what kind of animal was making the noise. We listened for a few minutes. The sound we heard was unlike anything I have ever heard before. It was kind of like a human scream slash roar. It was definitely not a human. The volume was too loud. Ben said that they had heard it a few times before, they assumed it was a coyote. We laughed, saying that it wasn't a coyote. It wasn't a deer, elk, bear, coyote, fox, raccoon, human, owl, nothing. This was all new to us. 
We listened for about 25 minutes as it circled our camp and then the sound stopped. All the time, we could hear something large walking through the brush. Well, we did kinda discuss it being Bigfoot, but jokingly. Three days after getting home from camping, we were all three watching a program on Discovery Channel about Bigfoot. A guy, a Bigfoot researcher maybe? Had audio of Bigfoot just after seeing it. When he pushed play, wow. We were blown away. It was the exact same sound we had heard on Mount Hood. Not many people believe us, but oh well. No drugs or alcohol was involved that night either. And that's my story. My story took place around 1993-94. I was 18 years old and living in a small town in southern Utah. Living in a small town, we need small town things to entertain ourselves. One of the few but popular options among the high school population was to drag Maine. It consisted of driving from the end of Main Street to the other end, trying to link up with friends or meet new ones preferably in a car full of cute boys. Main Street was barely a half mile. I believe there are only two stoplights. My red Subaru hatchback was loaded full of my friends, more girls than seat belts. We had taken several drags down Main and struck out, so we decided to detour off the beaten path. There's a good chance we had Salt and Pep or George Michael album blaring from the factory speaker and peach schnapps concealed in our soda cups which could have easily been our deterrent, but we were determined to make a connection so we left Main Street behind. We had two options. First drive through the town cemetery to a story of the devoted cat that comes and sits on her owner's grave every night since she died, a story everyone in town has heard a million times now. It's become a rite of passage, you drive slowly through the graveyard and if you turn your lights on, this particular headstone just right looks like the silhouette of a cat. Newcomers gasp. The rest of us pretend too. Like I said, small town entertainment. Or there is a second option, cruise the college streets, the heartbeat of this little town, in hopes of meeting someone new who hasn't got the memo to drag Maine. We opted for the latter and struck out there too. So we're finishing up our detour and heading back towards Maine for one last drag down Maine, before calling it a night. We were about four blocks away when we approached a stoplight laughing about whether we had time to do a Chinese fire drill or not. If you don't know what that is, everyone gets out of the car at a red light and runs around the car, and tries to make it back to their seat before the light turns green. Like I said, small town fun. Suddenly I look up from our shenanigans and there in front of me were six men crossing the lane directly in front of us. All six men, however, were walking in single file, which seemed rather odd and unnerving for that hour of the night. All in step with a straight back facing forward. Same height. All crossing from the right corner of where a mortuary stood. The fact that didn't stand out at the time and really didn't even cross my mind until years later when sharing the location of this incident. All crossing from the right, mortuary, to left, where a school bus garage and Baptist church stood, on opposite corners. We were frozen trying to make sense of what we were seeing. It looked out of place for this time of night or for any time, really. Something was weird. Our frozen observance was quickly broken by a friend ordering me to follow them. 
When the light turned green, I made a quick left turn to follow them between the garage and the church. We rolled down our windows, laughing at the oddity and searching for an understanding of this bizarre scene through our laughter. You could hear several of us questioning what are you guys doing? Without saying a word, they continued marching in sync and staring straight ahead. We were met with only a profile of six faces which only piqued our curiosity further, so we inquired again and again. We're non-relenting. Then, suddenly, a response but it wasn't the response we expected. It jarred us and froze us for a brief moment. As if in a choreographed move, they all quickly snapped their heads toward us. All six pairs of identical eyes on identical faces, frames, and identical hairstyles, coldly stared. It was like staring into a mirror that is facing another and seeing exact replicas of oneself repeating indefinitely but here it wasn't my face but another and it they shouted in unison, go away. Suddenly another shout woke me from my shock and disbelief. This time from my back seat, drive now. On a side road, I was half a block away from the. What was that? Another voice, we have to go back. Turn around, let's follow them. Remember, small town fun. Why the hell not? We have nothing better to do? We are now only a small town block away. We flip around and head back. We were met with the void of where they once stood. They were completely gone. It's a dark street. Nowhere for them to go. Street lights, business lights, house lights, nothing. If they went into a building, a light would be on no buildings to go to in that amount of time. Just gone. We tried to make sense of it and drove along the cross street that separated the block, we had just driven down, and nothing. Defeated and confused, our laughter turned into shock and silence as we headed back to the corner. We took the detour that lured us off track. We sat on the dark side street in silence waiting for the red glow above the bath. The only sound was through my blinker a steady sound signaling the left-hand turn, when suddenly we felt that it was tangible. The thought gives me goosebumps still to this day. Above us. It crept. Our heads snapped up collectively to see what above us could possibly be and it was massive darkness, undeniable darkness slowly engulfing us in its depth and its mysterious shadow the blackness weighed heavily upon our innocence. Suddenly green reflected from our terrified eyes and we were released from the clutches of the darkness. Before I had completed that left hand turn to pick up where we had originally left off, we were all in tears, full-blown sobbing tears. We were shaken. No explanation. No answers but real undeniable yet unexplainable fear. Fear that hit each of us the same made our skin crawl and our core shake and our eyes tear up and made us sink into areas of our soul we never knew existed seeking solace and an escape from the unknown. My wife, grandmother and friend's wife are the actual witness. I'm just typing what they said to me. My buddy and I had left the wife's and grandmother at camp to set out on my evening elk hunt. It was about 2.30 p.m. We had been gone for four hours and then returned to camp to rest. When the ladies ran to us and told me about what they had saw. Around 4.30 p.m. they were looking down in the clear cut below the helicopter pad, we were camped on. When my grandmother said she saw something that might be an elk. 
When my wife and her friend looked they both couldn't believe what they saw. It was a hairy thing running from the tree line into the clear cut on two legs. It was sunny and clear. The creature ran through the clear cut very easily even though there were stumps logs brush and etc. When two dirt bike riders came up a trail that cut through a portion of the clear cut. The creature stopped and ran back to the tree line and the two riders stopped and started to point in the direction of the creature. Then the creature ran out again picking a different direction through the clear cut. Now with a second creature a little smaller than the first. They went through the clear cut faster than any man on two legs could ever go. They then disappeared into the tree line on the other side. This is what I was told. This is not a hoax. The wife's friend is a trained marine like myself and was a non-believer until that day and there is no question in their minds they said that was a Bigfoot. They had dark shaggy hair like a bear's. They were on two legs. They swung their arms and stood upright and ran upright. I paced the distance to approximately 200 yards from where they stood and looked for tracks. None were found. The ground was dry and hard to much low foot brush. You can contact us this is for real my wife said she would talk about it. After my experience, I now believe in aliens and man in black. I live in Kensington, Maryland, a northern suburb of Washington DC in Montgomery County. This event was not a dream or a hallucination. One night in September 2017, I woke up at 1.30 am to the sound of a break-in. I grabbed a handgun from my bedside drawer and went to the bedroom door to confront the intruder, but was suddenly rendered unconscious as I touched the doorknob. I woke up naked and cold in a pill-shaped, glass container. The lid was open, so I was able to stumble out onto the floor around the container. I felt drugged and could barely walk, but I thought I'd been kidnapped by someone so I was urgently trying to find an escape route. The room I was in was made of composite materials, namely concrete and plastic with fluorescent lights. I limped into a hallway that was tunnel-shaped and followed a blue glow coming from down the hall. As I walked, I came out of the tunnel and entered a large cylindrical room lined with vehicles on hooks along the walls. These were human vehicles, mostly Japanese and German cars slash motorcycles, but some vehicles were clearly from the American military. In the center of the room was what looked like a metal tree that was six stories tall with glowing blue leaves. Upon closer inspection, this tree was a large metal cylinder and the leaves were capsules much like the one I'd woken up in, except these still had people inside them and were radiating a neon blue glow. As I drew my eyes further up the tree, I noticed some blue wires moving around in the dark area toward the ceiling. These clumps of wires suddenly floated down toward me and turned to reveal that they had faces in them each with two large dark eyes and narrow slits for noses and mouths. It's hard to describe, and I hate to put it this way, but think of a stereotypical gray alien face and picture it floating in a tangled up mess of tentacles. There were three of them, one smiling, and two frowning. There was an exchange of words and charades between myself and the smiling one for roughly 10 minutes, but I was so exhausted and they were so advanced that there was no pertinent information shared between us. I passed out, then woke up again face down on a glass floor. I was too tired to move, so I tilted my head up just enough to take a look around.
The room was circular, about 150 square feet in size, and a bright sterile white color. One of the tentacle creatures was in the room but was busy facing away and operating a set of strange controls with no buttons or levers. I laid my head back down but saw through the glass floor that we had risen out of a deep black hole that was dug into a grassy plain. A rock-shaped lid closed around the hole to cover it as we flew further up. This is when I realized I was in a spacecraft, and we had actually been in a silo of some sort that's here on Earth somewhere. I passed out and was awoken by the sensation of being dropped back first onto my bed with a hard thud. I checked my phone and it read 6.30 AM. The whole trip had been exactly 5 hours. I'm not going into any further detail, but I found an object had been inserted and cauterized into my right leg, and I had a run-in with some men in black suits within 4 days of the abduction. I've never believed in abductions, UFOs, or men in blacks. None of that. But now I've got no choice. I'm annoyed that there's no official place to get legitimate information or help on this subject since the experience was traumatic and any kind of clarity would help fix that. MUFON simply ignored me, so I'm reporting this information to you. Hopefully, it helps someone somewhere. It was September 1997, eight people and myself were camping in the Tillamook County Forest. Well anyway, I got up about 6 am, got out my 22 and started out on a hike. Before leaving, I heard a friend say wait up and I will go with you I said fine but no talking I want to check out the game in the area before they check us out. About 5 minutes up the road I noticed about halfway up a hill was a large rock outcropping with a black stump about 9 feet tall. It was around 400 yards from us. I asked my friend do you see that weird shiny stump on those rocks up there? He said yes. Then I said look at it through your scope. Then the gun went off. He said he didn't mean to fire and that he couldn't find that stump anymore. In disbelief I looked and didn't see it anymore. When looking in the only areas something could go, I saw it walking very fast, long arms swinging, one basic black color. I said s you shot at that person or whatever it was. We ran back to camp and didn't say much because we did not want to get in trouble. Later I showed a friend who camps there all the time the place and he said no one could climb up there early enough to be up there by 6 am. I agreed. He also pointed out that there were no other camper around this area. It is in the Cook Canyon area, very steep rocky country, great for elk hunting. I am convinced that this was a Bigfoot. I've always been a non-believer of Bigfoot, but now I'm convinced. I'm always in the woods elk and deer hunting or scouting camping etc. I've never seen anything like it, including bears standing on their rear legs, both black and brown in Alaska. This thing was tall, slimmer than bear. Thank you. In the spring of 2009, I was sent to Chechnya with my platoon to fight the enemy using unconventional means. Our mission was to divert supply lines and gather intelligence by talking to villagers. I remember how rainy and foggy it was during that time of year. One night, while retrieving a cache of buried weapons, my team noticed some lights in the forest. We could see them with the naked eye, but they were quite far off. 
It appeared to be 10 small lights, all moving erratically. I then noticed what sounded like voices or whispers. It sounded like two people speaking Chechen. It was very quiet at first, but it started to gain in frequency until it sounded like they were whispering right next to my ear. Soon, 10 more voices joined in the whispering, all speaking at once. I began to panic, fearing that we had been made. I thought maybe the lights were a distraction, a common tactic used by Chechen soldiers, and we would be ambushed. My teammate and good friend Ivan suddenly started speaking loudly, as if he was trying to communicate with his father who had died two years earlier. He started to run towards the light, dropping his gun and his pack. I assumed that he had lost it or the enemy was playing with our minds. Fearing for my friend and worrying he might give up our position, I chased after him. Ivan just kept repeating, I'm coming, father. He was in a dead sprint running towards the light. As we got closer and the lights got bigger, I found it odd that I could make out no definition in them. Nobody or nothing was behind them. They just looked like lights floating in mid-air. That was strange to me, I recalled. Ivan, now on his knees, arms at his side, was in front of a body of water, directly in front of the lights. He seemed to be in a trance, and despite my attempts, I couldn't believe what was happening before my eyes. My friend Ivan seemed to be in a trance, talking to his father and the strange lights in front of us, despite my attempts to snap him out of it. In that moment, my only concern was to avoid getting shot. Eventually, the commander arrived and looked at Ivan and the lights before muttering, the fairies have him. I had never considered anything paranormal before, and I didn't know what to make of it. Ivan eventually passed out, and when I looked back up from his body, the lights were gone. It was terrifying. We carried Ivan back to our original location, but he had no memory of what happened. It was like he was in a coma, and he couldn't remember anything from that day. The experience was extremely weird, and it's the strangest event that ever happened in my entire life. Looking back, I believe that the lights had sinister intentions for us, possibly trying to lower Ivan to the water to drown him. The next day, we just nodded at each other and carried on with the missions. In the end, I became disenchanted with the Russian military and exchanged important information with US officials. As a result, I was granted citizenship and now live in the US, having cut off all ties with my family. I have resumed my career as an infantryman, now as an American. A friend and I were walking up the Phantom Trail and about 100 yards into it I saw what appeared to me as a Bigfoot impression right in the middle of the trail. There was no doubt as to what it was and as my friend caught up with me I asked him if he saw what I saw. There was no doubt in his mind of what he saw seeing either. The print was about 14 to 16 inches long but what impressed me was the width which was about 6 to 8 inches just below the toes. We walked about a mile up and continued to see these prints, I was armed with a .45 automatic and my friend with a 9mm so we felt safe but continued slowly with no smells or incidents. After about a mile I noticed another set of prints only smaller come right into the trail this kind of made my friend and I a little more nervous. About 20 feet later a third set appeared. 
This set was a little smaller than the second but we were sure that it was the third. At this time we decided to turn back. We smelled nothing, heard nothing but felt as if there was a presence that knew we were there. It was a Saturday night and I was hanging out at the bar with my friends having a great time. We were all talking about how our lives have been since we last saw each other a few years ago. They all told me how they got some boring good paying jobs but I'm right where I want to be at. I do photography and fell in love with it when I was a kid. It took me a few years to get above average pay which was a pain but I still love what I do. We all exchanged numbers later that night and left. Walking to my car I got a text from my boss about a new project he wants me to do. The theme was nature and I was lucky since my house is right next to a forest. I responded that I was down to do this project. It was really late at night around 2 am and I decided to go into my backyard and see where I will be going tomorrow. Draco, my 4 year old lab, was barking and whining to go outside I got some food for him so we could relax in the backyard. I was on my phone scrolling through my social media apps minding my own business until Draco began to viciously bark towards the woods. Draco, come over here. I yelled out he ran back towards me quick as a rabbit. I could tell he was in fear of what he had seen I began to comfort him and investigated the woods to see if I could see what was scaring him. All I saw were six bright white dots looking toward me but I couldn't make out what it was. It must have been the raccoons. They're always out by my house in the woods. I shouted out to the things to go away but they did not budge. Draco and I went back inside and I kept a close eye on the woods the whole way. We went to bed because it was late and I had to see my boss in the afternoon. I woke up and looked around because I had an ugly sense that someone was watching me. I looked at Draco and he had a dead stare looking out the window. I slowly turned my head towards the door to see the same bright white dots but I could make out that they were the eyes of some creature, not a raccoon, but something else. They slowly started to fade away into the darkness. I turned to the other side of my bed and saw them right in front of me. They looked like tall humans but it was too dark to see any other details. They suddenly jumped at me and that's when I woke up. This is all just a terrible nightmare. I brushed it off and went to go feed Draco before I left to see my boss. For some odd reason, Draco would just stare at the woods for a few good minutes then just go back to laying down. I couldn't investigate because of time so I laughed and made my way to work. My boss Derek told me to meet him at a coffee shop near my house so we could talk about what he wanted some pictures of. I need you to get some good shots of our forest. I know you live in one basically so this shouldn't be hard, he said. I left and went to go get ready for the job. I had to stop at a store to get the right lens for this job in particular. Hopefully, the nighttime shot can be quick because I don't feel safe going in there alone. By the time I found the right lens, it was already 5 pm and daytime began to fall into the night. The sunset looked amazing so I snapped a shot. On my way home I was wondering how Draco was doing. I mean why would he keep staring outside for a few minutes before laying down? Was there someone out there? When I got home Draco was sleeping and it seemed as if everything was the same as I had left it. I let Draco outside and I went to take some shots of the forest before nighttime hit.
I got a good 30 pictures in of just random things and decided to take good ones tomorrow with more sunlight. Since it was already night time I decided to take the night pictures today to get them over with. I had a fear of stepping in the woods ever since I had that nightmare last night but it was my job and I needed to get it done quickly. I went back to the house to let Draco inside and to get my other lens for the night shots. It was 8pm and the light of the sun disappeared while night struck the sky. The stars were out and I had to get a good angle with the trees and have the stars in the background. I walked a little further and saw a trail leading down. I went over and noticed it led to a massive cave. It was dark and the only source of light that I had was the flashlight from my phone. I flashed over to the cave to see if I could see anything before I went inside. I wanted to look around first. As I was walking away I heard the sound of something moving inside the cave. It sounded as if it was getting closer and trying to leave the cave I did not want to know what was coming up from inside so I ran down the trail to where the campers are normally. When I got there I went up to the man I see every day. Hey, I know you don't know me but do you know about that cave back there down the trail? I said to him, out of breath waiting for a response. What do you want to know about it? He asked very confusedly. I work for a photography company and I want to take some pictures inside there. But I heard something moving around. Do you know anything about it? I asked him. If you're going in there for some pictures then you might as well take your death photo while you're at it, he said, seeming mad. I just shrugged and went back to the cave to take a few pictures and leave. On my way there I tripped on something and fell over. I turned my flashlight on to see what I had stepped on. It was a large footprint. It had to be roughly 20 inches long it led to the cave along with several other footprints. I knew there was something big and I had to get a picture of it. I made my way to the cave entrance. Inside it was dark and silent. Just the beat of my heart echoed through the large cave. I took a single picture with a flash on. I checked the picture and put the exposure up to see where the next entry will be. I went to the opening on the right and took another picture and did the same as the last time. When I checked the picture I saw the bright white eyes and when I put the exposure up I could see humanoid figures standing there watching me. I looked into the darkness and they were standing right in front of me. I had to look up at them and I didn't move a single muscle. Something behind them fell down. The sound of rocks falling over. The eyes turned around and behind them were more bright white eyes popping out of nowhere. I went back to where I came from until I saw the dim light from outside. When I made it out I ran straight to my house and called my boss immediately. I sent him the picture and he was in shock at what I got a hold of. We were sitting in the cabin at the mine late at night. Two friends and I, when we heard extremely loud howling and shrieking from across the canyon. It was extremely loud and sounded exactly like the Klamath audio recording, see Google for details. The sound was loud enough to scare my dog, which was extremely unusual, because he usually barks at just about any sounds coming from outside of the cabin at night. This shrieking lasted about two hours. All of the time we were just listening in silence. While we were listening, we could also hear something moving through what sounded like bull thistles and brush but it was far off which got me to believe it was coming from across the canyon. About 200 yards away. 
My friend Carl decided to try to shoot some 12 gauge rounds in the air to see if it would go away, but after each round, he fired three, it would go quiet for about a minute, and then the howling would continue. The next day one of my friends went over there to do some work and noticed that some of the hillside was disturbed by a large animal. But there were no identifiable tracks, except that they were very large. This was the only time that I personally have experienced this. But my uncle who also works up there from time to time experienced this on numerous occasions. I witnessed a bizarre creature run across my driveway. I own 14 acres of woodland and I am also surrounded by forest just outside of Oxford, Connecticut. I Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I was driving down my driveway when a bipedal creature about four feet tall and about as wide as my thigh ran out of the woods to my left, across my driveway, and into the woods and yard of the property on the right. It was about 10 yards away from me, so I got a good look at it. It looked like a tree on legs with small arms. No visible curves, hips, or shoulders. Just straight. It was brown, skinny, with no fur or hair, lightning fast, and light as a feather. Almost looked like it wasn't even touching the ground. I didn't hear a sound from it running and all the birds and other animals were dead silent. When it ran it didn't prance like most animals or run like a human. Its legs were moving as if you were pedaling a bicycle. I saw the back and a bit of the right side of it. I didn't see the front or a face. I didn't see a tail, ears, or any other body parts a normal animal or human would have. About two months ago I was outside around 10 pm and there were two owls hooting back and forth. Then I heard this godawful screeching sound wasn't a fish or cat or screech owl. I have no idea if that was related or not. I don't do drugs and I was not drinking. I am not on any medication or anything like that. I don't know if it was for sure an alien but I don't know what else it could be. I did not see any craft or anything although I wasn't going to walk through the woods to look either. I was riding with my good friend in his 1970s Land Cruiser Jeep. We wanted to go out in 4x4 in the snow, as I had traveled over to John Day from Salem where it never snows. The snow was coming down in a torrent bringing visibility to a minimum. But we were just creeping along a logging road, through about 12 inches of snow. As we rounded a bend in the road we came to an open area where they stack fallen logs and Bigfoot leapt out in front of the vehicle. It stopped for a second and faced us then jumped off the road to the other side. My friend yelled oh my god what was that? We jumped out of the vehicle and I had my 9mm Daywood pistol with me. When I jumped out I set the box of bullets on the hood. We walked forward to where it had jumped out and saw the footprints around 16 to 18 inches long fresh in the deep snow. 
My friend shined his flashlight in it and you could make out the toes. It was snowing so hard that they were already beginning to fill in and we looked at each other and panic overcame us. My friend shouted oh my god what if we get snowed and we have to get out of here. He screamed this and I was overcame with panic. I started to fire my pistol into the air and emptied the clip. I turned to run back to the vehicle and grab my box of bullets off the hood and they were gone. Just an indentation in the snow on the hood where I set them, no slide marks, they were just gone. We drove out of there in a panic. It wasn't until we got out onto the main Bear Creek Road that we started to calm down, and later we asked each other what happened, why were we scared? Normally this would not have frightened us, we were 18 to 19 and had no fear. I have gone to a boys camp for 10 of the last 12 summers. The first 6 years as a camper the last 4 as a counselor. During the duration of this camp we go on campouts periodically. After the campers went to sleep, myself and 3 other counselors decided we wanted to go frog gigging. This is an activity where you use sharp jacked objects to kill frogs and later eat them. Well, as we ventured to a little pond about half a mile from the campsite. We then heard some footsteps in the woods. We had flashlights but we didn't see anything. Then a sound that sounded like a velociraptor was heard from the woods. Then a giant tree fell down, or at least that's what it sounded like. We noped it out of there as fast as we could. It was terrifying and none of us to this day know what it was or what caused the loud noises. It was terrifying. I went there to go hunting. It was archery season, so after school I grabbed my bow, changed into my camos and drove to the top of the pass. The road is really bad, so it takes some time. Once at the top I stayed on the baker side so I wouldn't spook anything in the meadows below. After glassing for some time, not seeing anything, I took off to the south. Along the ridge line, hunting. Went maybe a half a mile of so set up behind a down log, and waited, glassing often. Maybe a half hour passed when I noticed a bear about 500 yards out. I watched it off and on, it would go into small draws where I wouldn't see it. Then it would reappear closer. When it got to about 300 yards, I noticed if it would stay on the same path. I might be able to get an arrow into it, so when it disappeared into another small draw, I started planning how to get ahead of it and get a shot. When it reappeared, it was maybe 200 yards away, and in the binoculars I watched it walk on two legs. Downhill for at least 40 yards. For some reason I got pretty nervous, and moved, which he saw. At that, he stopped and looked directly at me. I didn't think he could see me, but he turned and started back the way it came. Not running, but covering a lot of ground quick. I have hunted all my life, white water rafting, backpacking, and can say for certain what I say was not a bear, or any other known animal. When it turned its whole top turned with it. I have seen many bears, deer, elk, and know this was none of them. I have not been back since, and have only told my wife what I have seen. I'm an avid hiker and living in Colorado has given me an appreciation for nature, 
but it wasn't until I went hiking in Montana that I gained a healthy fear for nature as well. This was back in 2013, and me and my brother wanted to go up to Montana for a hiking slash fishing trip. Pulling a few strings and making a few calls allowed us some time in an amazing fishing cabin with a guide for two days. We fished and relaxed the first two days, and I asked the guide before he left about a good overnight hike in the area. He said that Ursa Ridge is a great hike, but to bring a good can of bear spray. He mentioned that a few people had gone missing on the trail, but that this time of year should make for a perfectly mild hike. The next morning, my brother woke up with a pretty severe cold. I didn't want to go without him, but he insisted I go anyways. I conceded and went, and this is where things got weird. The whole hike up to the ridge was fine, peaceful and the trees were gorgeous. But every once in a while I would look back and see a footprint or two of mine was covered in a bear track. Strange, but I didn't think much on it. I got to the ridge, set up my hammock a little below it to block off the wind, and went to sleep with plans to wake up and watch the sunrise. But I was roughly awoken from that with chills down my spine. It was pitch black, so I assumed a cloud was over the full moon I had glimpsed on my hike up. Something was deadly wrong, and I knew it. I felt a tugging, an urge to go back to the top of the ridge. I trembled, shaking as I slowly made up my way to the top, and my god, what I saw made me speechless. The clouds had moved and revealed a horror beyond imagination. Thousands of bears. Literal hundreds upon hundreds of the dreaded creatures spread out across the valley below. I started crying, tears running down my face as I tried to remain silent, unnoticed. Then, slowly, a noise arose from the lips of the creatures. I strained to hear. But slowly, I comprehended the spine-tingling chant. Mark your post as serious or suffer a fate worse than death. I ran back down the trail, no effort to pack up my camp. Nothing chased me. Nothing happened. Every footprint was a bear print, but I had no time to register what that meant. I ran into the cabin, my brother asleep. I ran to the bathroom and stared into the mirror to see gazing back at me, a perfectly normal face. I sighed with relief. My stealth had not failed me yet, my true identity was not known. I slept, and never told this to another soul until now. My roommate and I were going duck hunting in the UP of Michigan and got turned around in a tag alder swamp on our way to our blind. We walked about a half mile and stopped to check the map and heard a blood-curdling scream slash yell. He asked what it was so I told him it was a bird and when we got to out blind we loaded our shotguns and didn't say a word to each other until the sun came up. I've spent a lot of time in the woods and I've heard a lot of strange sounds that could be solved by looking them up, but I couldn't find anything online about it and none of my hunting friends, young and old, could explain it. It turns out there have been a large amount of Bigfoot sightings in the area. So we determined it was a Squatch. Hiking by full moonlight near Joshua Tree with some friends, it was around 2 am. We come across this massive natural amphitheater with huge boulders lining the sides like a well-organized audience, uniform rows starting at the bottom and rising the cliff walls up maybe 150 feet. 
Continue walking into the amphitheater, feel chilling air as if being watched or that something was impending. See a large figure in the center about halfway up, looked half rock slash half human in general shape. Continue walking. Anxiety intensifies. Can literally hear and feel the presence of this figure. Group of eight dudes nope the F out of there. No clue what it was or was not, never went back. This happened in Ankara, Turkey. There is a national park merged with the town here, which has nice picnic and camping spots. And there is one specific picnic spot I love and go to. It's on top of a hill, great observation point, has pre-built stoves and shit. Great place. So, one day, I read that Jupiter, could also be Mars can't remember, could be seen to the naked eye at night, so I decide to load up my friends and truck, get my telescope and picnic stuff and go there. The area is not far away, next to a three-lane road which sees a car maybe once three hours, and always has two security guards on watch. So we do our little picnic and watch Jupiter. Cool and all. It's 3 a.m. Let's walk around a bit, the giant fossil tree is walking distance, three kilometers, from here. So we go there, four guys. See the fossil tree and other fossil stuff on display. It's 4 am now better go back and pack up. As we are walking back, I see a figure on the opposite side of the road. Very big and burly. Remember that it's full moon and Kselkahamam is a place with lots of bears, enough that we have myths of them raiding the small mosques in picnic areas. It looks at us, stands up and starts making noises. A 2.5 mountain tall thing yelling at you. We are frozen. Then we see her cubs. A few meters away from us two furballs are standing and looking at us, approaching closer as they want to sniff us. We stand in complete shock, thinking what we gonna do if mama bear gets angry enough to murder us. The bear cubs are literally hugging our legs now. And mama bear is angry as ever. After an eternal five minutes, the cubs decide that we aren't tasty or funny and go back to their mama. Mama bear, still angry, keeps yelling at us for more but we got out of the shock a few minutes ago the cubs left, so we stand closer and don't turn away. Eventually she gets tired of it and keeps on walking on the opposite side of the road. The story of it got so corrupted that we have people in the town believing that we fought off a bear or another one where we fed her cubs milk and pet them while the mama bear watched etc. We all got free access to hunters local even though none of us are hunters. A few years back I was visiting Australia with my family. We're visiting some friends in Mildura and we decide to go visit an old sheep shearing building that was historic or something. Anyhow the doors to the farm-like building are shut and while we're standing around taking photos, classical music is playing. Not a recording or anything, it sounded like people using violins and trumpets. I'm an awful writer so I can't really explain it, but it just sounded like someone was doing it for a party. Then it stopped. No instruments. And all the folding chairs folded up. I ignored it assuming it was probably just a radio. But then once we left about 10 meters, we hear a blood-curling scream. It sounded like a man. And we run inside the farm and nothing's there. 
two stories, but not incredibly out in the wilderness stories, these happened in the woods by my suburban house. First, three years ago, my mom and I were home alone and we went to bed. I woke up because of a bright light in my room, this was a school day so I was worried I missed my alarm. I went to my window and looked outside and the night sky looked as clear as day. It was spectacular, the moon and a few of the brighter stars were in a blue sky that was darker and eventually black at the horizon, and you could see the color of the grass and trees and flowers we planted. I was absolutely mesmerized by it, and then I checked my phone and remember thinking WTF it's 1am. I don't remember how long I stayed looking outside, but eventually I woke my mom up and showed her and we were both stunned. It happened a few more times but I haven't seen a night sky so visible ever since. Second story is a bit short and cliche. Found an abandoned house, but this one is in a thicket maybe a block away from mine. I went with a few friends in the winter to explore it after a big snowball fight. We found vials filled with clear liquid, televisions, an intact Chevy Chevette. We went further in the house and what I presume to be its yard which barely had a roof anymore, and found chairs around tables and makeshift fire pits which looked recently placed. Finally we found piles of black trash bags buried in the snow, after opening one we saw that they were filled with decomposing clothing and boots. At that point we all decided hard nope friends and buggered off out of there. After talking about it recently we think it may have been some junkies hideout. Which is unnerving since this house is only a block away from mine, 30 feet away from a major pedestrian bike path and right behind a school. There's an abandoned house in rural North Georgia where my dad lives that you can walk to from his house. All you can see from the road is about 7 feet of an indent of what used to be a driveway. It's all overgrown. You have to crawl through woods to get to the house. So I had been in this house a lot. Took a lot of old books, newspapers from the 60s and 70s, letters from whatever war, really cool stuff. In the kitchen there were also pill bottles with current dates. One time, and the last time, I went with a friend. We were crawling through the woods to the front door. I was ahead of my friend, and ahead of me I hear the creak of the front door opening about 5 feet in front of me. I turned around and we goddamn bolted as fast as I have ever bolted. Another time I was driving through Bum F mid-Georgia. What 85 used to be before the highway was actually there. About every half hour was a town, maybe one stoplight every 20 miles. So me and an ex were driving through a tiny potent little town and I look off to the left at the buildings that were closed. It was the summer and it was now twilight so probably like 8 pm. I see a building that used to be a ranch house, but it had two glass doors in front like a convenience store. Through the glass I saw a woman in an all white dress robe just standing there in the dark. I followed her as my ex drove the car past and she never moved, turned her eyes, head, or anything. I still don't know what the hell that was about. Camping at a ghost town in eastern Washington years ago. Friends and I set up camp, got a fire started, and started making dinner. Few hours later, and quite a few drinks, we decided it was best to go explore this place. 
We heard the typical sounds the woods make at night. Nothing out of the ordinary. We went about a mile from our campsite and we got this odd cold chill. Just shrugged it off as it getting colder or the alcohol. We began hearing more, louder sounds coming from the woods. About the same time, we noticed what looked like two red eyes staring at us from about 50 feet away and about 25 feet in a tree. No idea what it was, but it was big. Ran faster than I ever have in my life back to the site with my group. I lived in an area that wasn't very developed, lots of sprawling forests. We had 10 acres and I was allowed to wander in the woods as long as I didn't cross the creek that was the border of the southern edge of the property. I was an adventurous child though, and there was a great natural pool that was up the creek past our property lines that I liked to visit. At this point there weren't many other houses around, we had a few neighbors, but it was mostly undeveloped fields and forest. For some reason though, I crossed the creek and started up the slope on the other side, I guess I finally wanted to see what was on the other side, the whole grass is greener thing or something. Probably just because I was told not to, and I loved breaking rules, I remember stumbling upon a clearing with a camper in it, a sort of rundown camper. Now, it would be extremely challenging to get a camper this far into the woods, at least I'm pretty sure it would be a challenge. It's been a long time and as a child the woods seemed endless, there were no campgrounds around, and I don't know, I just had a weird feeling. I didn't see anyone, but I just knew that someone was living there, so I quickly left, crossed back over the creek and hiked back to my house. I told my dad about it, but he told me not to worry and not to go back there. I'm tempted to ask him if he remembers this. But he's going on 71 now and I'm not sure he'd remember something that happened such a long time ago. I must have been about 12 when it happened. I was sailing round the Hebrides with a crew of six and we're doing a three-on-three off-rota. At about 5 a.m. a thick layer of fog started to roll in and the wind dropped. We must have been moving at most three-five knots. All of a sudden I see something in the distance and ask the first mate to check the radar to see if it is another vessel. Nothing on the radar. I ask him to check the charts to see if it's a land mass. Nothing on the charts. We use the telescope to try get a good look but the fog was too thick. About two to three minutes later the mass starts to get larger and what seems closer and closer and until finally breaching and motoring past no more than 20 yards off our port side. I'm not sure what type of sub it is but according to the first mate he says it carries 8 missiles armed with nuclear warheads. Creepiest thing is that the fog lifted no less than 2 minutes after it passed. Freaked me out being so close to something that can cause so much destruction. I know I'm late, but I searched for spirit of the woods on here and found nothing. Spent many summers living the southeast of Tennessee's wilderness. One period, I went off grid and stayed out there for eight months. I still had contact with people but, during the late winter slash early spring, I was very secluded. If you ever hike through wooded areas with little underbrush, occasionally the trees will line up and you can see further through them than normal. When this happens, 
The collective mist slash condensation seems to concentrate in the space between the trees. Makes sense. One time I was on a particularly long walk on a logging trail and noticed that mist. It could have been the seclusion causing me to see things that weren't there but, this time, the mist seemed to pulse. I'm weird when I get scared, I get mad at myself and tell scared me that I'm being irrational. I make myself face it. This time was no different. As soon as I made that decision in my head, the entire forest fell silent. If you've ever heard crickets get in sync and go silent before, this was the same thing. The mist continued to pulse but it stopped shrinking as much. With each pulse it grew larger. I couldn't do anything but stare at first. Then. And again, I was more than a little freaked at this point, my mind decided that the mist wasn't pulsing slightly bigger, it was approaching me. F. That. I was hiking light, day pack with my camera, journal and summer supplies, so I just ran. As soon as I made the decision to turn and run, the forest sounds came back and seemed louder than ever. Like the whole time it was there but the mist was blocking it out. It was telling me to run. That I was doing the right thing. As I said, I have this perverse behavior where I almost like being afraid. That I make myself face whatever irrationality hits me. I still have not gone hiking alone to this day. If you've been deep woods camping all alone out is the emptiness that is what is creepy. No car horns or engine noise, chatter or children, neither hustle or bustle. Just the wind and the quiet at night. Leaves don't rustle in the calm and sticks don't crack in the absence of the weight of someone or something coming and going. Just pure quiet. You look up at the sky and see an ocean of stars sometimes flickering and realize that millions of people can't see them because of city lights or pollution. There is no common connection being had unless you gaze at the moon and even then the doubts cloud your mind. It's two days to hike to the nearest landmark and you aren't sure if you want to head back because you aren't sure if the world has ended and you are the last person alive. You strain your senses to hear, to see, to touch another person, but they are all gone. They're all gone. When I was backpacking on the Appalachian Trail I was laying in my tent at night listening to the rain. I heard what sounded like someone walking on gravel and saw a light flashing through my tent. The flashing was slow like a headlamp going behind tree then being seen again. The sun had just gone down so I thought it was another hiker was coming up to the otherwise empty shelter site. I unzipped my tent to look and there was nothing there. I was coyote hunting. I'm Northern California, and as some might know Northern California is not like Central and Southern California. There is a lot less people and a lot more wilderness. So anyways we were out in this clearing with a coyote called just playing it. Trying to lure some in when we see a dull red light about 100 yards up the road. It was odd cause none of us had lasers or flashlights on our rifles so we couldn't figure out what it was. When about 30 seconds later a shot rings out over our heads. We all jumped into the truck and hauled us toward him, the only way out of the woods from where we are. Spotlighting the sides of the road to try and see him but saw nothing. Easily the scariest night of my life, 
I work on the woods full time and have never been that terrified. We were camping for a week in an area that we always camped at. One day me and my mum decided to go for a walk in the afternoon. The campsite was really bushy, and all of a sudden there is this loud scream and it sounds like a child screaming. And me and my mum were trying to find where this screaming is coming from because it sounded like a child screaming and we're worried that he or she is hurt. All of a sudden there is this lady that comes out of nowhere and is walking towards the screaming. Really calmly and slowly and she then is gone from our sight. The screaming just stops and it's really quiet for a long time then the screaming starts up all again and we can hear her saying stuff. But we can't make it out because we were far away. Then it all stops again and 5 minutes has passed and we can't hear anything. Then we see the lady come out with this little boy in her arms and there are two other kids following. Behind her and their faces are white as a ghost and their facial expressions are blank and they are walking out calmly and slowly. And just walk away like nothing happened and me and my mum just ran the f out of there. It was just creepy and it started to get really dark. The next day we were talking to other people and they said they heard the screaming too and we all decided to go and investigate the place where they were. There was nothing there but a small clearing looking out at a shit ton of trees and scary looking branches. We had a really bad feeling when we all went there and we all ran the f away. Later that day we hear that the people who were screaming have not been seen in a while but everyone just thought they packed up and left the campsite. I still wonder today who and where they are. I went on a small trek with couple of my friends in dense forest and while coming back down it was dark already. As we walked down the mountain we used our torch which was almost dying. So in midway we heard some noise in trees but we didn't see any animal there. We thought there may be monkeys hovering upon trees and we decided to make loud noise with some metal stuff we had as the monkeys won't come near. Now an hour passed we were almost down the mountain. Still we could hear noises in trees but no sight of any animals. As we reached down there was a small temple with dim light where we decided to rest as we felt safe. Now the forest part was over and there was huge barren farmland with clear sight no trees around and we had to walk 2 km more to reach our car. After 15 minutes of rest we decided to go ahead. As we stepped out of the temple we saw two huge black bears passing by. They were barely 7 to 8 feet away from us. They followed us all the way down the mountain and luckily they went on the other direction. We ran the shit out of there until we reached our car. Hiking in Big Bend National Park on a super remote trail on the east side of the park. I was completely alone and there was absolutely no ranger station or civilization for at least 30 miles. As I approach the 7th mile of a 14 mile trail, I stop and take in the scenery. Due to the remoteness of Big Bend and being in the low desert at noon, it was completely silent. As I'm approaching a large canyon, pictured below, I get a hunch. I always hike alone and I'm a little paranoid so I always try to be aware of my surroundings. As I stop, I hear a giant noise that I can only describe as a roar and lion scream combined into one sound. It seemed to be lower in the canyon, but it echoed through the silence. I was pretty sleep deprived, 
so I brushed it off as a hallucination or something. Then I hear it again, this time it was loud and it seemed to be right up the trail. I get that fight or flight response, sweaty palms, dry mouth, shaking. My biggest fear is a mountain lion and I was afraid that I had messed up going on this trail alone. As I was in my stance, I just screamed him not scared of you bitch as loud as I could. After a couple of screams, a creature appears up the trail. It was a wild burrow, left by old settlers, he hawing its way down the canyon wall. It just looked at me for a second and kept going. I used to work for my brother doing landscape work on foreclosed houses. Usually we just mowed the lawn so it didn't get out of hand and the house looked at least decent to anyone who might want to buy them. In some cases we would have to clean leftover stuff out of them as well. Eventually my brother would send me out on my own for the simple lawn care cases or to take pictures of newly foreclosed houses so the banks could assess what needed to be done. In this particular case I was sent to a new house in the town beyond the Deliverance-esque town in my area. After the 45-minute drive out through a heavily forested area I arrived to take exterior and interior pictures. I take the exterior shots no problem, however, when I put the key in the door to go inside the door just opens and I'm hit with a cold, musty air and hear something scurry upstairs. Needless to say I turned around and deemed the house unsafe to enter with the bank more for there might be someone squatting in their danger than danger from damage to the house. For some reason before I left I took a picture of the house with my phone and it always creeped me out when I saw it. 